0: It's July 1st, 2020, and Sox in the basement is actual baseball to talk about, Dave, and that's all I care about. That's all I care about, bud.
1: Yes. I mean, no actual baseball as of yet, but uh, people are reporting, teams are reporting the spring training. We have the start of the season uh, July 24th.
0: Third or fourth. It depends. They, they haven't put up the schedule yet, and we're going to talk about that because there's a big game that you would think is canceled that supposedly is not canceled that would have been on the schedule. But I'm going to get to that in just a few moments. But, yeah, 23rd or 24th is going to start. This is the official day that teams can start reporting. And it, we have a big guest coming up next week. Scott Merkin is going to be joining Sox in the basement. All right. Right cool. after spring training begins. Second spring training begins, and I got Scott Merkin lined up for next week. So we're just we're ready to roll here on Sox in the Basement. And today on the show, we got Joe Binder. And before we get into the rule changes, what I think is going to make up the 30-man roster, what you think is going to make up the 30-man roster, some of the oddities coming out right now in Major League Baseball, some of the rule changes. There's so much to get to in this 30 minutes of Sox. Joe Binder joins me on the phone. Joe is the mastermind behind Sox on 35th, and we have been partnering up with them since the beginning of our 2020 simulated season when opening day would have happened all the way through now. Joe, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. We finally have some baseball coming back this month, so definitely a positive mindset here, and uh, we're all happy here at Sox on 35th.
0: Yeah, I, I we're, we're happy over here, too, at Sox in the basement. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there it, it's fun to do the simulated season, but I, I can't wait to talk about real baseball. I want to touch real quick on what we did simulated, and then I want to talk about what's going on with the Sox for real with you. Um, because uh, you know, I know that you you're following it from your side. We're looking at it from ours, and and there's just so much to unpack with this season about the start. Before we get into that, though, yesterday we did a simulated game. It was the return of Carlos Rodon. We fast-forwarded up to the 21st of July, and Carlos went out and went seven innings strong. And unfortunately, the Cubs spoiled it for him at the end. But the Sox are on a roll. They're right on the heels of the Twins. Even Luis Robert looking good now in the last month of the simulated season. I guess my real question to you is, he got off to a slow start in our simulation. Nick Madrigal off to a slow start in our simulation. Everybody's saying, well, they could catch fire, get everybody up here and let's go. But in 60 games, could we actually see disappointment from some of these younger players that we were expecting to either jump out for the first time or In 2020, or actually a guy like Jimenez, you're expecting to see him build on it. Could we see, you know, regression? Everybody wants to be positive here, but what do you see with these younger guys in a 60-game schedule?
2: Well, with guys like Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal, there's obviously going to be that adjustment period when they get up to the major leagues. And when you're looking at just a 60-game season, that's not much time for them to adjust. So I would expect there to be some rough batches here. I mean, everyone likes to throw around that the White Sox could be a playoff contender with just 60 games. You never know what's going to happen. But in order for that to happen, a lot of things need to go right, especially with the young guys like Nick Madrigal and Luis Robert. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them get off to a slow start. I think it's something that everyone should kind of expect in a way, just because they're so young and they haven't faced this level of competition before. So while hopes should be high for the South side, I think you kind of have to also be realistic in a way and just be like, hey, these guys are coming straight from AAA and they haven't done this before. So, I mean, luckily, Luis Robert, everyone likes to tap him as like an insane athlete and someone they've never seen before. So he has a special talent. But, again, I don't think we should be surprised if we see some slow starts.
0: No, and, and that's the thing. Like, look, I'm excited about the possibility that you might see Madrigal start the season. I think I'm pumped up about the fact that, uh, Michael Kopeck and Carlos Rodan could be available right away on the 23rd or 24th whenever they put out this schedule and we know the exact date that would be the first game. But we also have a lot of pieces that have to come together. And yeah, they could catch fire and you can get lightning in a bottle. But if we were looking at this in a 162-game stretch, we would expect them to start off slow. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous. Now, on the other hand, you have Ricky Renteria saying, and this is my favorite quote so far since they said baseball is coming back, because you always hear, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And he goes, it's a sprint, not a marathon. Which means that the the manager now has to decide, am I trying to make sure that with these new young guys that they are going to develop properly so we're ready for 2021 because we're hoping and expecting a full season then? Or do I say, hey, Luis Roberts struggling in the first week, sit him down. I got somebody else and go out there and win and we're trying to win this year. And that'll be a very interesting thing to kind of watch. Where do you think Renteria will come from? Just looking at his initial comments now that we're starting to talk to him again. Well, I mean,
2: he is right. This is going to be a sprint. It's not a marathon. Every game really matters with a 60 game season. And if you see someone struggle, like say you have Luis Roberts struggling, you want to put in maybe an Adam angle in center field just for a couple of games, see if he can be the option that can hit and provide solid defense and whatnot. So I think while there is time where you could maybe be a little bit patient, the patience level is going to run thin after a while because like every game is so important this season. You can't just have like a stretch of 10 games that go to waste because if you have one big losing streak, that could be the season going by the wayside. And then you really don't want to have that happen.
0: And then when you look at all the pitchers, I mean, it was, that was another interesting quote. Well, I've got my five starters, but we'll have these other two guys in the mix, possibly, with Rodon and Kopech. It, it, this is going to be short leash time. Like You know, we talked about it on our show. I'm sure you guys have talked about it, too, on Sox on 35th. Like, the, the idea that uh, you know, Re, Reynaldo Lopez was in the doghouse at the end of last year. With Ricky Renteria, like here's a guy who's got to come out right away and pitch well because he might get one to two starts if they even give him a starting position coming out into into the regular season, and he'll get yanked, and one of these other pitchers will be in that spot. And there's still a question as to whether or not he can even break camp now as one of the five starters if everybody's available. Who are the two odd men out in that, in that seven-man starting pitcher group that we're all looking at right now, if everybody somehow is available? I mean, I expect Kopech there, and, and if, you, if you just read between the lines with what's going on with Carlos Rodon, this would have been around the time he could have been ready. Who are the two guys that are probably in the bullpen to start the year?
2: This is a really interesting topic to look at, just because there's so many pitchers that are available, and obviously it depends on where Kopech and Rodon stand, but assuming they're healthy... I would probably imagine that it would be between Dylan Cease, Ronaldo Lopez, and Gio Gonzalez being three that you really want to analyze. I feel like Cease is someone you want to keep in the rotation. So, like, say Ronaldo Lopez has a couple bad starts, he could be bumped to the bullpen. And same with Gio Gonzalez. They could be long reliever types. But one thing that Ricky kind of touched on was dealing with the rotation. And they could be using some different options, like an expanded rotation where you might have six guys going out there. Or you could have openers where you have someone from the bullpen start it and then maybe uh, um, one of the starters come in after Or you could do piggybacking, which is where you have two starters in the game. So say at first, Kopech and Rodon are kind of limited in their innings. You could throw them back-to-back in one game. So I feel like with the shortened season, you have some options here to kind of get creative and experiment a little bit. And as long as you're winning, I guess, <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter what you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that could be very interesting because imagine if you put Kopech and Rodan together, or make a make a righty-lefty combination for teams that are trying to figure out. Well, this is our right-handed lineup. This is our left-handed lineup. You could you could combine somebody like Gio Gonzalez with a Dylan Cease. Or a Reynaldo Lopez, it, depending on which one you feel is the weaker one. And you can combine Rodon and Kopek, and now you've got righty lefty, righty lefty. You got a you've got a starting pitcher that you don't know when they're gonna pull that guy and bring in the other guy that throws from the other side. There's just so much you can do with it. That you know I mean, like I get goosebumps just talking about it because as much as people are upset about the The runner starting at second base, and you know, and there's National League folks that are upset about the universal DH and they, all these other things and these factors in the shortened season. It's also going to be just so amazing to watch a, a once in a lifetime, a, a once in baseball history type thing. This shortened season because it's going to be a little different, and 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 really everybody's flying by the seat of their pants. I mean, Renteria's got to sit down right now and go to himself. Well, I. I think this is how it's going to go, but I'm not really sure. And he's probably getting input from like all these different people. And he's got to hold his cards close to his vest and just say, all right, I'm going to start with 30 guys. And then it's eventually going to come down. I got this taxi squad and I got, I've got these factors here. And you don't know if all of a sudden somebody gets sick and you never know if major league baseball might all of a sudden say, well, you can't go to such and such town because now they're closed down for a week. So the game's going to be a year place. You got all the extra pitchers. I mean, on one hand, it could be maddening. On the other hand, it could be just a manager's dream Because if you like doing those kinds of things and figuring out those problems, this is where you have to thrive. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Ricky Renteria in just a 60-game stretch.
2: Yeah, this is definitely an unprecedented season. And there's just so much strategy that goes into this now. Not that there isn't in a normal season, but when it's down to just 60 games, again, every game is a must-win. So there's going to be a lot of big decisions that Ricky needs to make, both Um, With the rotation and in terms of um, his position players, because to start, you might have guys on the bench like uh, Chessler Cuthbert or Andrew Romine, but then once rosters start to um, dwindle and it's down to 28 guys, and um, you really have to play carefully with who you want on your bench because they also have all these catchers and you really have to decide who you want on your taxi squad to go with you on these road games. So it's going to be really interesting. He's got a lot of huge decisions to make and it will be telling to see what type of plans he can come up with as a manager?
0: You know, I look at I look at the roster setup and I look at the fact that you're gonna have thirty instead of twenty-six and how we were all contemplating is Yerman Mercedes, the twenty-sixth man. Now, unless he comes out and he's just terrible now in this new spring training, if he does what he was doing in the other spring training, you would imagine they'll carry three catchers, plus you get to keep a fourth guy on the taxi squad that doesn't count for those 30 is the way that I'm reading it. So then you could have Zach Collins actually traveling with the team and serving as the bullpen catcher. I mean, it could be very interesting how many catchers you have around this team this year.
2: Yeah, you have the chance to have four catchers, but with Collins and Mercedes, you also have an option at first base, that designated hitter, as a pinch hitter. They could fill in, in a variety of roles because you don't have to just limit them to catchers. So um, you really have the chance for four catchers, and with Grendahl and McCann, seemingly the top two choices. I mean, um, Collins and Mercedes really give you some flexibility with what you want to do.
0: All right, Joe, Well, before I let you out of here, and and again, I want to thank you because we had so much fun partnering up with Sox on 35th. It'll be interesting to see how the simulation will finish out. We're going to do another fast forward coming up here on Friday, and then I have uh, uh, the weekend series that they would have at the beginning of September, a couple of broadcasts on Saturday and Sunday against the Twins in Minnesota. I'm expecting the race to still be close. And then we'll and then we're going to just we're going to put the rest off to the side a couple of weekends of playoffs. And I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it could be over in a day. It could be over. It could take it could take two weeks to get through the thing. I don't know how they'll fare in it, but I kind of want to give everybody like a, you know, like a nice conclusion, because we had so many people that wrote to us and sent us messages that this was becoming part of their life that they were sitting down, they were listening to a broadcasted White Sox game that wasn't even real. It was a simulation because they missed baseball so much and they enjoyed it so much. And and what is your prediction as you've been following the simulated season before I let you go? What's your prediction for the simulated 2020 White Sox? Are they going to catch the Twins? Are they a wild card team? What do you think is going to happen? Because you're following this. I'm sure you're interested in it as well.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm very invested in this, as I'm sure other people are. I just want to say thank you to all those who are reading and listening to this because um, this has really been a fun series to do, and I'm glad that it's gotten so many people's attention. But right now, looking at it, the White Sox are three games back of Minnesota. They've kind of been in that position now for over a month, I think. Before we did the fast-forward, they were about four games back. And they've been fluctuating a lot just with some recent streaks where they get hot and then really cold. So I'm... Doubtful that they'll be able to catch the Twins personally, but I think they will be able to sneak into one of those wildcard spots because they do have a pretty big lead right now. I want to say it's three games or so, maybe four in the wildcard. So I think they might be able to hang on to that and we'll see them sneak in as a wild card team. And then from there, who knows what could happen since the playoffs. But I think they could make a run just because they have all the pieces and they're starting to click. Like you mentioned at the beginning here, um, Luis Roberts starting to do a little bit better and I think we'll see Madrigal continue to improve here as the simulation goes on. So I think we'll see them sneak into the wild card.
0: All right. Well, that's Joe Binder. I like talking to you, Joe. You know, if anything, this this whole thing, this is we really had never talked on on the show before, and it's nice to have somebody else that we can jump on with and talk uh, White Sox baseball with. And so this, you know, I'm, I keep trying to find the positives in COVID. Socks in the basement, found socks on 35th, and vice versa. And uh, we we've had a lot of fun with the sim season, and and I look forward to seeing how it concludes.
2: Yeah, same here. Thanks for everything, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we'll definitely have to get you on the Sox on 35th podcast here in the coming weeks.
0: That would be great. I'd have a blast. Joe Binder, everyone. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. So, Dave, uh, I want to talk about real baseball games, although Joe did touch a little bit on the simulation there, and one of the big points that comes up, and I'm curious about what your opinion is, The idea that everybody's saying the White Sox could get off to a great start, lightning in a bottle, go to the postseason, it's anybody's game, 66 days, 60 games, and a short MLB season. But if we were looking at this at 162 games, we would not have been shocked if they got off to a slow start with rookies like Luis Robert trying to adjust. And could it be possible that the Sox are just basically a team that goes out and, you know, does pretty well, but, isn't really a contender because they have a rough stretch at the very beginning. I mean, what it, do you prepare yourself in any way for the possibility this will not be the the Cinderella season that everybody wants to paint it to be because it's only 60 games?
1: I don't know, man, because it's so it's, – it, this is so unprecedented. I mean, we have never had a major league season even close to being this short, number one, so it's – I mean, it's difficult to tell. I <clears> – <throat> I personally am of the opinion that I I agree with that. I agree with what they're saying. I think that the White Sox could very well be that team. You're getting what was supposed to be a Carlos, for example, a Carlos Rodan who was going to just kind of show up and help you hopefully help you out a little bit season at the end of the season. What, what used to be the end of the season is now basically the beginning of the season. So you're basically getting Carlos Rodan for this whole stretch here. Uh, you know, he'll be part of your, your starting rotation. I uh, believe that guys like Lewis Robert are going to get out to hot starts because major league pitching does not know how to adjust to them. yet. And You know, it always takes, like if you watch spring training, it always seems to take major league pitchers a while to get going. They need that time during spring training to kind of get themselves back ready and in in game shape. So I, I agree. I think that, you know, the White Sox could be that team.
0: Okay, so let's use what we learned in the first spring training. And now how the rosters are going to be set up for this new season, at least at the start, because a lot of people I don't think get exactly what all these terms mean. First of all, 60 man player pool. That doesn't mean that those are the only guys that will ever be in the player pool. They can actually find ways to move guys out of the player pool and move other guys into the player pool. Secondly, you're not taking all 60 guys with you. You still have a 40 man roster. Guy has to be on the 40-man roster to be on the active roster. If you're going to move a guy off of the 40-man roster, that means you got to release him. He's going to be going through waivers. You might not be able to hold on to him. And the big difference is, instead of starting with 26 guys this year, because this was going to be the first year you're going to have 26-man rosters, it's going to be 30 to start the year. If that's the case, and we were already planning on a 26-man roster, and I touched on this a little bit with Joe during the interview, and we looked at our simulated season, who we thought the Sox would have broken camp with, what that means is that it was going to be 13 pitchers and 13 players. You're going to get two extra players and two extra pitchers. Now, the pitching yeah. thing is really easy in my mind to figure out. You're going to have the five starters that you expected, first off. Okay, You're going to have your Giolito, your Keuchel, your Cease, your Lopez, your Gio Gonzalez, those five right away. That was going to be your starting five anyway. That was going to be your starting five anyway. Now, you're going to add in two guys because Kopeck and Rodon will be ready, supposedly. So if they're ready, the bullpen really isn't a competition any more than it was back in the spring. Because those are the two extra pitchers, and you'll still bring the same amount of guys in a bullpen. So what we, we thought was going to happen is that you would have Bummer go, Ciszek go, Colome go, Cordero would most likely go. We thought he was going to end up going there. Jace Fry goes. Carson Fomer's out of options. He's going to be on the team. Kelvin Herrera ends up on the team to start the year. These are the guys that you're going to see there. Evan Marshall, I think, was the other guy. That's how we rounded it out. Now, there's other names on the list, but I think that when you look at pitchers, I'd be shocked if somebody makes that list other than a name that I just mentioned right now. Now, there might be one of them that makes the taxi squad, and remember what that is, is after you have your 30-man, there's three guys that get to travel with you on road games. One has to be a catcher, and then you can have two of anything that you want to just in case somebody gets sick with COVID and you need to make a replacement right away on the road. So if you look at the offense, that's really where the questions are now. We kept talking about Yerman Mercedes being the 26-man. So if you look at the guys that are being invited to camp, let me just give you the list. Four catchers. Collins, Grandal, McCann, and Mercedes. Infielders, there's 10 of them being invited to camp. Abreu Anderson, Encarnación Garcia, Mendic Mancada, And then you have Nick Madrigal, Chelsea Cuthbert, Andrew Romine, and Andrew Vaughn. And outfielders, Engel, Robert, Mazara, Jimenez, along with Basabe, and Delmonico. Now, the oh, guy. Geez. Right. So this is all that's coming player wise. So. Let's assume Mercedes is that is that extra guy, because now there's really no question about it. And they carry three catchers on their thirty man roster. And Collins, you have to carry one catcher on the taxi squad. He's the taxi squad guy just in case.
1: Hey, right. So that was so this does solve the problem of what do you do because I brought this up a while ago, like what do you do with your Mercedes? And there was the the conclusion that we had come to is that there's really nothing you can do with them, you know, with as nice of a spring training as he had, as he had, has, as he ha, was having, excuse me. So uh, now that sort of solved that problem because they're able to travel with the four catchers because of the taxi squad and the expanded rosters and what have you.
0: All right. So now let's say that the Mercedes is there. You got three catchers, right? You got, you got a Brayu, Anderson that's five Encarnacion six, Garcia, Larry Garcia, even though I think he's going to be better as an outfielder than an infielder, but he's a Swiss army knife. So now you've got, you've got seven right away. You're going to bring, you're going to bring Mendick. That's eight. Mancada's nine. You're going to bring angle 10, Jimenez 11, Mazzara 12, Robert 13. So now you're going to pick yeah. two guys out of those remaining names. I don't think Andrew Vaughn, they're not starting the clock on him. He's going he's gonna to play in the secondary place where the rest of the player pool continues to have like their own little minor league games where they play against each other. Okay, that's what they're going to do. They're going to coach him. But who are the other two guys? That's going to be the interesting thing. I think they at least take one more outfielder. A Nicky Delmonico possibly makes it back on this team now. You know, a Chelser Cuthbert could end up being an infielder that you never even imagined being there? Or does Nick Madrigal get added to the 40-man roster and now break camp with the team? Or do they mess with service time and hold him out for like a week and a half, which they would probably have Uh, to do, to be able to have that service time on him in a 60-game season? So there's so many things that could happen here. That's what the story of July is.
1: Now, a couple of questions. First of all, did we... I might have missed it. Did we mention Basabe in this?
0: He is. you, You... you think that they would take him over Del Monaco if he has a good enough camp? I think they take at least one more outfielder.
1: He'd have to have a good enough. Camp. I mean, I think that's what they sh- probably should do. But right. I mean, I can see them. I see it, them more likely giving Nicky Delmonico one other, you know, one more
0: chance. Here's the other thing: you have a thirty-man roster that's going to get reduced. You don't get thirty for the whole season. So if you bring a guy and you put him on a 30-man roster and reductions come along and it's time for you to jettison a guy off of that roster, he's already started his clock. He's already yeah, played gee. games in the majors. You understand? So it'll be interesting right. to see if the Sox are going to be like, well, anybody whose clock hasn't started, we're not starting it. It'll be it, This will be a really <sighs> weird, interesting thing to see what they end up doing. I mean, they're definitely going to have to start somebody's clock.
1: How does it figure in the Kopech injury now – and the service time with this whole reduced season. So, do they have the option? And I guess this would really apply to Nick Madrigal too. But you almost kind of answered it there. The, so the Kopech thing, the, like, how does his clock differ from uh, anybody else's because of the fact that he was here last year and he pitched those, you know, he pitched those 20 innings or whatever it was, but then he got injured.
0: Right, he was, he was on the Major League roster throughout the entire time that he was on the DL in 2019, so he has one year. In 2018, he earned, if I'm not mistaken, five to six weeks. Well, five to six weeks is pretty much the season here. I mean, you're, we're, talking, we're talking well more than half the season. They're not holding him out for half the season to earn that back. So if anything happened here with Kopech where, where they might have even thought, like, oh, we're going to hold him out for five to six weeks and then bring him up in, in May – so that we can regain that even if that crossed their mind that's not happening but with mandrago we're talking about like if you start him a week and a half in under the agreement you would have an extra year of arbitration that you could get that you could hold with him just because you hold him off for a little while. Now, I think it's stupid because he's an infielder. They're a dime a dozen, and he hasn't shown anything in the minors. It makes me think that he's going to be one of these guys that's going to be commanding $15 million a year when he finally becomes available to the teams as a free agent six years from now. So I I think that's that's just stupid. If he's good enough in spring training, he should be on the team.
1: You're talking six years from now, dude. It's like you're going to be able to have the money to pay him, even if he is that type of guy, which he hasn't shown that he can be yet. So I guess that was, you know, that was where I was going to ask the question is, do they really continue to screw around with the, with the Nick Madrigal service time? I mean, are we going to, are we going to get the Danny Mendek, Liuri Garcia tandem at second base? Like we were, like we were doing in the, uh, in the simulated game.
0: Well, I, here's the thing. I would take Danny Mendick. I, I, I think Danny Menick, we talked about it last year. I think Danny Menick could play a solid second base for you. I'd rather see him start at second base than Larry Garcia.
1: Right, is Larry Garcia? Larry Garcia is an
0: outfielder. No, I would rather see Garcia be a guy that every day is in a different spot and he's in the lineup five to six times out of every week. And that gives guys rest in a very quick every day they're playing 60 games in 66 days season because you can move him everywhere. That's where I'd like to see him. I'd like him to be available to move into somebody else's spot. But I would be fine if Mendix started at second base. Hey, you want to have Leary be the opening day second baseman? Fine. But day two, if Mendix at second or day three, Mendix at second and Garcia is out there spelling somebody who might have felt a tweak somewhere in the outfield or moved around someplace else in the infield... I'm totally fine with it. And that's. it'll be very interesting what how Renteria uses his team. I mean, think about it. You're going to have such a deep bench. Every game matters. Every game is like the World Series. Every day is like the playoffs. You lose three, four games in a row, it could kill your season. Okay? So this is going to be nothing but intensity and strategy. As Joe Binder said, you might, with this seven-man pitching staff, See them say, okay, well, Kopech and Rodon are coming off of injury. One's a righty, one's a lefty. Make them a pitcher. And and whenever one of them's not ready for like the third or fourth or fifth inning, the other one comes in. And now somebody set up their lineup for a lefty starter, and all of a sudden it's a righty starter. You could use the opener and not even tell them what you're doing. Rodon comes out throwing lefty. He pitches two innings. And, there, and now the second time through the lineup, here comes Kopech and that entire lineup set up for a lefty. Because you have these pitchers so you can stack them. So we're gonna be we're gonna learn so much about Ricky Renteria. And is he good at strategy? Because if he just goes out there and plays his team straight up, then he's not that kind of guy. This is this kind of season it's made for strategic minds. And he has at least said it's a sprint, not a marathon, and you have to manage it differently. So he seems to have that understanding, which makes this fascinating to me this year as a White Sox fan.
1: Yeah. Here's the other thing, too, that we keep wondering, that we had wondered about Ricky before, and it's going to become more important now than ever. If this team hits a slump, can he, this young team, hits a slump and starts to lose that swagger, how quickly can Ricky get him out of it? Because this team would go on losing, this team last year would go on losing streaks for, you know, a week at a time or more. And if it's a 162-game season, yeah, whatever, that sucks. But the thing is, when you now only have 60 games and minimal days off, as you said, any significant losing streak could kill you. So is Ricky the type of guy that's going to be able to get his, get his team out of these funks,
0: you know, post it'll be It'll be most interesting to see how quick Ricky pulls a guy from a game Or takes a guy out of the everyday lineup, depending on his performance, when the games mean so much more. Right, Dave, we're short on time. i got two announcements for you. The first one is about our logo today. Folks might have noticed it, but our sponsor has changed. It is not because of some kind of issue with Cork and Carry at the Park. In fact, we love Cork and Carry at the Park. We are going to continue to do things with Cork and Carry at the Park. But COVID-19 hit some businesses a lot harder than other ones. And the Cork has got to kind of circle the wagons right now. They've got two places, and one of them just got to open in the last week or so. And we were fortunate that one of our other great advertisers, Family Waterproofing Solutions, has stepped in and taken over the sponsorship of Socks in the Basement for the remainder of 2020. We are, uh, first of all, blessed to have them. They're huge supporters. They do a great job. And you, if you, all you have to do is go online and look at the reviews, people love them. They got financing and they got deals for Socks in the Basement listeners. So we're very excited to announce that starting today on July the 1st until the end of the year and possibly beyond, Family Waterproofing Solutions, the new proud sponsor of Socks in the Basement. And don't worry, I can't wait to get out to Cork and Carry the Park at some point and hang out over there and have a beer with our friends over there. And we're hoping for the best for them. And we hope that you will support them as they try to get back on their feet. The other announcement, Dave, is even more interesting maybe to me. Report coming out in the Chicago Sun-Times that the Field of Dreams game that the White Sox were going to play against the Yankees is not canceled yet, according to Major League Baseball. Remember they built this stadium out there for the White Sox to play? The Yankees will, of course, not be playing the White Sox, but there is now speculation saying that the Sox will still play one of their games this season out in Dyersville, Iowa, in a cornfield. And it could be against any one of the teams on their schedule. Now, I'm going to tell you who it should be. People are going to say, oh, they should play the Cubs. No, forget the Cubs. No. You know who they should play? They should play the team that they threw the 1919 World Series to, the Cincinnati Reds out there. That's who I think they should play. They should play. Remember, think about it. Feel the dreams about the, the 1919 Black Sox out there. Let's play the Reds. In the cornfield. That's what I want. Now we're going to find out when the schedule comes out in the next week, but it is officially not done yet. There is still a good chance that the White Sox will still be playing a game at the Field of Dream site during the 2020 season, which boggles the mind to me. But hey, if we're going to play without fans in the stands, why not? That'll be a great game to watch. And that's probably why Major League Baseball's still considering it. I didn't know what
1: the status of that game was, to be honest with you. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Interesting.
0: The game would have happened on August the 13th, a Thursday night. The way it was set up was the Sox are going to be playing the Yankees, and then both teams had a day off, and then game two and three of their weekend series were going to be Saturday and Sunday. The game is not canceled yet. So if it happens, it may still even happen on August the 13th. So it might just be whoever the Sox are playing on the schedule, Or the schedule makers might be trying to find a way to have the White Sox play that game there. And if they do play it, likely what will happen is they'll do the same thing. You're going to a cornfield, play your game, take a day off to get yourself back home so it's not unfair to you, and then play the other games against the team that you're playing. So it'll be very interesting to see what ends up happening, but that's something else to keep an eye on. Scott Merkin is on next week, my friend, and I'm excited about this. And the week after that, you return to the bar. Yes and 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 life is returning to normal and i'm super pumped up about it and for all the negativity that i might have portrayed with hey what if they come out of the gate and they stumble what if things don't work out right i i, I really can't wait for this to start i know those people who are trying to sit around saying oh there's where there's numbers going up for COVID in this area and there's this is going wrong here and I don't know if this is gonna work out. I'm keeping positivity. I believe this is gonna happen and I'm sticking with it until the moment somebody tells me otherwise. And I also believe the White Sox are gonna have a great couple of months. And I can't wait to dive into this now that it is July 1st and we're back fully into baseball. Socks
1: in the basement. Socks in the basement socks in the basement socks in the basement heard everywhere a
0: podcast can be found and always on socks in the you need to relax yeah i do need to relax you need to calm down and relax listen and you know what you need you need a little kenny g in your life you know put, I, a, put a little kenny I, g I, on listen I, to a little jazz some smooth jazz some soft jazz
1: so first of all, Kenny G is not jazz, but actually,
0: da, 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 da.
1: you know,
0: Yeah. No. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pass. <laughs>